the strategy hacker. He's, you know, just wrote this amazing book, Strategy Up. And he didn't pay me to say that. And he didn't pay me, or I didn't pay him. He actually said something about me in the book. And I, I, I was touched by that. I was totally shocked. Um, he's just an amazing guy. I mean, when I grow up, I want to be like Troy. I mean, podcaster extraordinaire with I Digress um, on the HubSpot network. Like, he's not just on any network. He's on the HubSpot network. I mean, he is killing it. If your business needs help, which a lot of them do, you should be talking to this guy, but he's not He's not going to, like, let you pick his brain. There's no brain picking going on with Troy Sandage. So, without further ado, the number one draft pick for the Chicago Bears someday, <laughs> Troy Sandage. You know, there's a fun possibility I would be working with the Chicago Bears right now. But we're going to talk about that later. Never told anyone that. But because he said that, wow, throw that, that in is there. such a tease. There was an opportunity. There was a chance. <laughs> and there's a chance. What's <laughs> mm. <laughs> up, everybody? It's great to see you, Troy. And, and you know, we are going to have some fun, though, speaking of football, right? We're going to do a repeat of our Twitter Spaces draft special coming up. And, you know, part of the reason I maybe I'm talking about football, Chris, is Think about what's coming up in the fall. This this platform that we're on, Amazon, is taking over Thursday night football. Thursday night football. Troy, you going to be one of the announcers? Oh, my goodness. I think I... What's that guy's name? I'd be better than Booger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I can't. I'd be better than him. Let's you go. got a better That's name. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Amazon is apparently taking over the world. They announced today that um that there's this uh, it amp. I don't know if you saw that Troy where it's basically like a lot of a lot of people took the headline and said, "All right, uh, amp is Amazon's clubhouse killer or whatever." But it's really more about like radio. So you're you're a DJ. So you you basically integrate your Amazon account with Amazon Music and then you become a DJ. And you can spin, you know, just do whatever playlist, but then insert yourself and talk about the song, you know, have have uh, callers come in. So you create your own individual radio station on Amazon through this app called Amp, which is now, um, I don't know if it's in beta, but you, you have to get on a waiting list in order to get in. So I think that's kind of a kind of a cool thing. Uh, well, Troy, to be Troy able to be do. put at the head of the line. I mean, I think... Do you got LinkedIn oh, audio? I mean, I can't he gets, be. He gets all oh, I do not have access. I was on it, but I don't have my own okay. access to LinkedIn being being LinkedIn. <laughs> mm. So, Troy, we um we saw you at Social Media Week Lima, and um just out of the blue, I mean, I we I think we were talking about something else. We could have been talking about <laughs> football. We could have been talking something at karaoke, and you just said, "I'm I'm putting out a book, y'all," and we just went, "What?" And he goes, "No, no, I'm." Uh, it's it's happening. It's happening, and you're you're, and so we were just like, wow, really? And um, so lo and behold, you just didn't say it. It it showed up, and um, this is uh, this is a uh, just a phenomenal book about uh, you know simplifying strategy. I want to get into it, but if before we get into um, this book, for those who have been hidden under a rock. Uh, and don't know uh, the story of Troy Sandage and how you work not only with businesses to uh, just, just bring, whether it's fractional CMO, whether it's bring, bringing, being brought on as a consultant, 
um, but also you're you know you're also a podcaster. So if you could just kind of maybe catch uh, those who have been under a rock up uh, before we start getting to uh, the goods here in strategize up. Sure. Um, goodness, where does it begin? I'm a sad Bulls Chicago Bears fan. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Bulls are doing pretty good this year, but I digress. Uh, I'm originally from Northern Indiana, uh, suburbs of Chicago. So really been a Chicago boy my whole life. And an electrical engineer turned digital marketer. Uh, rose up the ranks of corporate America to CMO, VP. Uh, built three agencies. I know it was crazy. Um, and now I'm a, a growth marketing strategist. And I help people, whether you're at SMB, uh, you're V2B, or even I've worked on campaigns with Fortune 500, scale their growth uh, through growth marketing strategies. And so that's kind of the, the lane that I stay in. I've, most of my time has been in the B2B space. Um, I do live on LinkedIn and Twitter. I do have a podcast called I Digress. FM. I did write a book, so we're going to get to that. Um, but I think the, the core thing to think about is I make complexity simple. I find that that's one of my, that's always been one of my biggest challenges my entire career in a lot of different situations. And once I found the way to simplify it for me to understand it, I could take action. I think no matter what business, what industry you're in, if you can simplify the playing field and make you feel like a home, put advantage, or sport analogies is on 10 right now, then we can move forward to take action, get those touchdowns, get that win. Get that championship and keep them. I love that. I, you know, it, it, when I when I started reading it early in the book, you talked about how you know businesses failing, and most businesses do. Those that those are facts. Those are percentages. This is not just you know some some sort of hyperbole that to to sell you know what you do with your books. Most businesses fail, and you talked about how um, you, you know a lot of people don't feel like they can do it. Like it's just so much that they end up just folding up the tent. And the way you explained it was sort of like when you first, when you were, you were young and you knew how to do addition and uh, maybe subtraction and maybe, you know, a little, uh, you know, knew enough to be dangerous about multiplication, you know, you never thought when division was a thing, you know, that you could ever do that. But all it took was someone to show you the simplified steps in order to do it. And there was, you know, your mind just kind of goes through those things like, well, if you do this and this and carry this and, and, the, and the teacher gives you little hacks, little, little things to be able to understand how to do that. And that really hooked me into the book because I was like, okay, uh, that makes sense to me. If I can look at growing my business like that, um, that's what really hooked me in. So, um, is that sort of like the approach that you've used with with businesses in the past that brought you to that that mindset? And if so, like any examples or any stories that relate to it? Oh, that's a phenomenal question. I, I definitely agree. I think we can get so inundated with just what all's is required for us to get to the finish line. And we don't think about what's the simplest thing I can do with the highest chance of success. And if I just keep making those steps happen, I'm going to get to the finish line. I mean, what is it? 5,280 uh, feet in a mile, if I got that right. I'm really bad at math. <laughs> um, so if you think about that, you're going to course down every quarter of steps that is. We're so focused on just finishing the marathon that we're not thinking, just focus on taking the next step. And this, yes, it's very cliche. You can get that on any self-help book. But how does that apply to like strategy? Is that people see strategy not as an action. And I want to like debunk that myth. Strategy is an action. 
It is literally the ability for you to map out what you need to do at the pace where you are comfortable with to get to your goal. And you're taking action toward it. It's not something that you just said it and I don't want, I don't want to worry about it. I don't want to talk about it. It really requires you to take action. And so when I thought about that analogy, because I'm like, yeah, long division is long, obviously tiring and exhausting, but when you apply short division, okay, I could skip some of these steps. Now, you still need to understand the framework. You still need to understand how this works, but you can speed through the process a little bit faster and it's a little bit easier to understand. And the biggest reason why I wrote the book really um, was simply because I didn't hear enough people making it make sense from where I'm from, from who I am, from my community. There's a lot of people of color in business. There's a lot of people who work from different socioeconomic statuses. They don't have the ability or the access to um, hear all these different jargon that they don't understand. And wow. so yeah. that's also a big part of why I wrote the book and why we need to think about strategy and simplifying it. The, the easier it is for everyone to understand, everyone has a chance to be successful. But if you think about the businesses that are successful, over 70% fail, most of them have access and the understanding and the funding and the community and the support. Whereas if you compare to those who fail, they don't. That's a big, mm. massive margin that my intent is with the book is to show, hey, yeah, you don't need to know all these like crazy numbers, all this stuff. But if you could just remember Clover and just apply that to your business, you'll start getting results in your marketing. If you start following people I mentioned in the book, Jim's one of them, <laughs> in the book and just consume what they're doing, they'll start understanding a little bit of how it works because when they can see it, they can imitate it and then they can do it. But if they don't know the people who's approachable, who's going to speak on their language and on their level, how can they learn? And if they can't learn, how can they grow? If they can't grow, can they be in business anymore? No, they can't be in business. Wow. I love, I love the fact that you, you said, you know, cause so often when you think about strategizing, you think of, you know, maybe the, People in the war room, right? You know, they got the, the the blueprints out. You know, like we're you know, it's like we're strategizing. Strategizing so often is thought as something that is not action because it's it it's like you're planning, right? And mm-hmm. so, but planning is an action. If you do, if you if you're, it, it's not it's not something you're see. You're you're. It's either you're moving this way or you're moving this way, right? Right. Planning and strategizing is not just staying. Um, Staying, um, I guess, grounded and not going anywhere. But right. you know, we've we've got a number of people here in the chat. One of the questions from uh, from Dan is, when do you stop with the strategy and start with the actual work? Oh, I love this, and I'm going to keep it on the sports analogy train. Whoop whoop! Does a coach ever stop coaching because he got good time and they're up by ten? No. Coaching is an action. Strategy is an action. So you never stop strategizing. So that's the first myth to debunk is that people planning and strategizing are two different things. And normally they associate planning as strategizing as a strategy. Yes, planning is a subset of strategy, but strategy is manifesting that plan into action. And it's constantly modifying because a plan is just a plan. A strategy is applying that plan and as things come up, as obstacles come up, you evolve, you adapt, you modify, you pivot, you switch that to fit the situation so you can win. And so I always like to think when it comes to strategy, a coach, you still need the coach. Even if you're winning, you still need the coach. You need the coach the whole duration, not just one game, the whole season. 
And so if you think of strategy as associated with a coach, you're always seeing it as an action. And so I would say the, the problem that most people have, they get stuck in just the planning phase of strategy. They're in the hamster wheel. They're doing all this. Look how much stuff I wrote down. Look at my content plan. You know, I'm seeing Jim and Chris and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a live stream show. Instead of pressing record and do live, I'd have mapped out 50 different videos, who I'm interviewing, what I got, my optics, my lights, my cameras, my script. I'd have done all this stuff. But you've never taken action. You've never pressed record. So what are you doing? And so it's understanding that when it comes, get out of that situation is that planning is only for subset moments throughout. It's like checkpoints. You drive down, you get to a checkpoint, let's plan. You drive into checkpoint, another plan. Based off what you've seen from the, uh, you know, the observing team and things like that. But when it comes to strategy, it's always with you. It's your GPS. Literally your GPS. When it comes to the grand scheme of things, you're always navigating. And so when you're trying to get out of it, you got to get out of the planning phase. The strategy is always constant. It's the planning that most people can't unwind themselves out. Now, some people attribute that to imposter syndrome, to perfectionism. Um, they have fear of failure, but mo- uh, uh, surprisingly enough, most people are used to failure. Most people are used to, hey, they're going to work. I knew it wasn't going to work. I throw my hands up. A lot of folk are more afraid of what if it does work? What if you mm. are successful? A lot of people are actually more afraid of success than failure because failure, you're used to that. From the jump, you're expected to fail. The reason why businesses are successful, they continue to try despite the obvious chance of failure. They keep trying anyway. And we look at, you know, a 15-second reel of someone doing a, here's before, there's nothing, then poof, now is everything. That poof might have been two years, five years, 10 years, 25 years, money spent, loans, sacrifices, all the things that we don't see in this window because social is mm-hmm. immediate. It makes us seem a certain way. So to get to the point of that person's no question answer. I'm long with them. Sorry, y'all. Is that no, when you look no, at it from the grand scheme of things, is that when you have an identifier, that's your plan. Now you go across and activate that plan. As you come across obstacles that veer you off that plan, that's when strategy comes into place to observe and look at where am I at? Let me compare it to this. Okay, let me compare it to this. Okay, let me make adjustments and keep it moving. And most people are stuck at only the planning and they're not taking action. And Yes, I understand you need a plan, but also the best way to have the best optimal strategy is to take action and see what works. Because as for one of my clients, they'll say, well, I need to do these things. Well, have you tried any of this stuff? If you haven't tried it, I don't know where your audience reaches. I don't know where your mess- your pain points are. Is it your messaging? Is it your, your UX UI? Is it your content? Is it how you can deliver? Is it your, your brand positioning? I don't know your pain points yet because you haven't taken enough action to have enough data for us to assess the data to then make an optimal strategy to help you grow. Yeah, and and I think Troy, and you know this this kind of you know touches my heart as as a as a guy with a military background, where I think people sometimes get messed up, right? Like, as an example, we're hearing this talk about like, oh, well, you got to do the work, okay? But if you're using the wrong tactics, right, mm-hmm. the work you're never going to get there, right? What's your strategy? How are you adjusting things on the fly, right? Sometimes, as we like to say. When the plan h- hits execution, it goes out the window. So if you don't have that strategy in place, right, and the tactics, so to speak, to get there, because we we know a lot of people, right? All, all three of us know people. They're very busy, yeah, but they're not making progress because they don't have a strategy. 
Interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, people, they get, they think that when they're planning something, and it, it could be a podcast, could be, um, you know, your your LinkedIn profile, it could be writing a book, it could be it could be any of those things. Um, it, they think that it has to be not necessarily perfect, but they have this vision of 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 how it should look and what it should be, and so they get so stuck in and I guess that's perfectionism, but they get so stuck in creating what that vision is that they they just it's not ready. It's not ready. It's not ready. It's not ready. So what's a what's a strategy hack to get someone past that point to where they're so in their own mind about what it needs to be? You just talked about like trying something and then looking at it, evaluating it and saying, here's what went right. And then got to keep going in that direction. Here's what went wrong. I'm going to move away from that. What's what's some strategy hacks that somebody could uh, you know regardless of what kind of content or business that they're in? I love that question, and I think this is what helped, this is me. This is what catapulted me to be whoever y'all see before me is today. They said, "How dare you? If you name me three people that inspire you, that motivate you, that you would attribute to you becoming who you are today or who you want to become, right?" What if they didn't take action? What if they didn't write that book? What if they didn't go live that day? What if they didn't push out that podcast? What if they didn't get on stage? You don't know what happened in their personal life. Their life could have been a wreck before they went record, but they went record, left it all outside of you, the camera, came back, showed you what it is, gave you the tea, whatever that gym you needed to then catapult you to become who you are or who you were inspired to be as a person, as a professional as a business. And so if they didn't do that, that literally would have changed the trajectory of your life. Mm-hmm. How mm. dare you delay doing what you were, your purpose, your call to do to impact someone else's life. The time you're wasting, that could have been someone's trajectory turned sideways because you didn't answer the call to produce or create or to do or to speak or to share, or to write whatever was in your heart called to do as a person or as a business. Now, if you put it like that, well, I guess I better get off my my seat and do what I need to do because the time is clicking, is ticking. And it is oh, my res- social responsibility. If I'm called to do something, it will work out. Now, it doesn't mean you won't have obstacles and challenges, no. But at some point, something's going to shift. The universe is going to manifest and stuff. You're going to be like, you're going to go get it. And you're going to help somebody. And so I always tell people, what is that you're trying to do? Trying to write a book, Troy. Trying to launch a podcast, Troy. Trying to do a live stream, Jim, Chris. I'm trying to do this thing. Okay. What is the intent and purpose of this thing? What do you want it to achieve and why? It's not enough to just do. There's that action behind every single thing that we do. Um, so what is it that you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? Well, I want to impact people. I want to help people insert whatever... You know, whatever it might be, the whole list goes on and on. Okay, cool. Think on that and less on how you feel. Mm. The person who is trying to help you get to where you need to be, I assure you, there are days Jim and Chris did not want to do this. But they showed up and gave you their best and did what they had to do. I assure you, there's times that I probably didn't want to do certain things. But I showed up because I felt my obligation to go beyond my feelings to make it still an impact. And so... Not sitting woo because I don't do woo, but I do want to give a perspective of not, no one can do what you do. 
Now, there may be similarities of other people, but they don't have your specific life, life experiences. Look at you. I don't know anybody who has your specific life experiences doing exactly what you do, and no one can do it unlike you can, the way that you can. And so you're living and doing what you're doing, and it's making a big impact. That's why I put it in the book. <laughs> What's up? And the, the grand scheme of things in the, grand, in the same way, just knowing that your purpose is meant to help somebody and you not living into your purpose is actually hurting somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm an empath. I, I feel obligated now to rise to the occasion to do what I need to do. And the last thing I'd say, you know, we think about what will people say? If I think about the grand scheme of things, it's a small percentage of folk who actually know you and will give you negative f- feedback that will actually hurt you. Really. Outside of that small amoeba of, of individuals, everyone else, they didn't say what they said and they're not thinking twice about it. So why am I holding myself from not doing something because someone who doesn't know me from Timbuktu telling me my idea is terrible, my business won't work. They don't know the impact. And the last thing with that is that your vision is your vision of your business whatever your brain, whatever you call it, it was not given to anyone else because it was meant for you. I can't show Jim and Chris my vision. It's not their vision to see. They make you can see highlights or ideologies, but they can't see it till it's manifest. And so for you, you have to live that vision in your business. And people think, well, Troy, that's not a strategy. No, it is because how you perceive yourself in your mind, how you show, is what you show up in your confidence, in your messaging, in your positioning, in your sales pitching, in your conversations, we can sense when you're not passionate and when you're not in it. We may not can put a, a name to it, but I don't feel like he's in it. I don't see mm. their confidence. And so that's a thing to really think about when it comes to those. That's so, uh, man, that's so good. And, and um, you know, I talk to content creators all the time, um, uh, not like you, but, uh, you know, th- that, you know, I... I I used to feel this way, Troy, I would say, you know, because you've heard of pod fade, which is generally like someone will start a podcast, right? And then they'll get six or eight episodes. Either they don't see the immediate, you know, sort of gratifications of downloads. They're not achieving. They never figured out what their why was, which is what what you're talking about, who they're speaking to, solving their problems, using it for something to benefit what they're doing it, uh, you know. And so um, they just, they they just get stuck and they fade. And I used to be, come on, you got to stay consistent. We got to keep, you know, and I kept kept on. And then I finally said, you know, why am I telling someone to do something they don't want to do? Hmm. Um, and you just, you just talked about it. Like with one of the great things I love about live streaming is here we are on this show with Troy Sandage on our screen. And you, it's ev- every word that you said, you could see we're live and you believe it. It's not, this is not a facade. This, I, mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, we have met Troy and spent time and broken bread with this gentleman. This is the man you get. Um, and that is, that is, that's it. He's passionate about this. He's passionate about working with businesses, working with people like even us who, I mean, we can call this a business, right? But we can get inspired by this and, and, um, and be able to take some of these principles that you've got going on in your book, which I want to, this is what we call a segue, Troy. I want to, <laughs> I want to get into the book because we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of folks here on Amazon that are chiming in. And, uh, there's a, there's a lot of Randall Constance here in it to win a Tina. I see you in here. There's a lot of people in here that are being inspired by the words, um, of Troy Sandage. So strategize up, man. 
Um, this is, um, there's another thing that I want to touch on because early in the book, you talk about your marketing philosophy and you break it down. Um, and the last one is the one that I really want to uh, kind of dwell on because I, I feel like it's, it's, it's important. Um, imagination is the engine. Content is the fuel. Social media is the highway. Marketing is the roadmap. Sales is the destination. And then finally, culture is the GPS. I mean, I, you know, when we talk about culture, there's a lot of different ways we can go. We can go, you know, great resignation, company culture. We can go, you know, general culture. But I really wanted to kind of open that up to you and kind of talk about, um, you know, the, the culture aspect of, of your, your marketing process. No, oh, I love that you brought that up. Uh, when I think of culture, um, I think in chapter five, I break it down into three subsets. Uh, I don't know it from hand, but really thinking of the global culture. So that may impact what's going on internationally and around the world. Um, with the outside of that, that's the outer layer. Then the inner layer may be your community, um, your audience, your business somewhere in that subset. And then that inner, inner layer is you, your culture, your beliefs, your identity, all the things that make you, you and who you are. And so, you know, I think until the pandemic really happened, I think sometimes people put culture on the back burner when it comes to business and when it comes to themselves. And why would culture be the GPS? Is that even if you're getting sales, if culture is saying that ain't the bridge, that ain't the direction you should probably go in for the sanity of your business or beyond that, maybe you should listen to it. I would almost encourage you to listen to it. But even beyond that, you can make money, but in the mannerism of how you make money, culture is going to tell you and shine light on areas where that might be questionable or that doesn't be in line. That doesn't mean that you have to be actually on trend all the time. I'm saying still remain unique, be you, all the things. I'm not very that line of gray. I want to make that very clear. What I am articulating to you is that let's go back from me. And I'm, I'm gonna, I can speak on myself. So that way it doesn't feel like no one's projecting anyone else like to play it safe. I'll speak on myself. For all intents and purposes, I'm an African-American. I'm a black man. I think we can clearly see that. Um, and I'm a bl- also a black business. I'm a black podcaster. I'm a black creator. So all black everything is I would say. And so when I think back to the summer of 2020 and what happened in the summer of 2020, I won't relive them all with everyone. I think we all know at this point. What happened after was a call to action to have people of color and diverse backgrounds and marginalized communities speak on how they felt in regards to where we at with business, where we at with production, where we at with all the different things that would be of value to us. And we recently just got out of Black History Month as of now. So what's the difference between summer 2020 and what we just spent in Black History? A lot of stuff hasn't changed. So we've had more conversations, but we haven't had as much action. So where does the business fall? Because I don't know where it's like, sure, it gets to the point about the business. And the thing I'd say about the business is that depending on understanding that your audience is very diverse. And so it's not just enough to have imagery that catapults and talks about different subsets of cultures and individuals. That's, that's the bare minimum. That's not you actually doing anything. You know, let's take action as far as let's bring on diverse strategists or workers or employees in the boardrooms and people on leadership decisions to give us a full view of how we're conducting our business. I also commend, you know, Chris and Jim, they've always been so supportive of making sure they're bringing on diverse individuals 
on things that they work on. And I found that very powerful. I've had many of conversations with them off screen um, that how authentic they are. And so it's just understanding that when it comes to culture, it requires us to understand things that we don't understand. It's seeing the world through a lens that is not your own lens. And if you're not willing to open up and consider your audience that don't see the same lens as you, but are willing to buy your products or your services, that's something you really got to dig deep on and make sure that you're in alignment to speak to their pain points, not just to your pain points that you identified in your own mind from your own experiences, but to identify pain points and experiences from someone else's experiences that are not your own, that you have no data history to back on, but if you have conversations and if you build a diverse community, the community is going to protect your business because it's going to alert you of things that you don't know so you can prepare yourself to be a sustainable business and continue to grow in a very holistic manner. And that's the best way to do it because there's always a trade-off when you don't do it that way. You may still get there, but at what cost did you do for your business? But if you want to build your business sustainable-wise, culture would be the GPS to make sure you're in that alignment. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I would stand up right now, but you would just see my stomach. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm applauding. <laughs> I'm applauding that. Um, and I, I certainly don't mean to, to make light of that because, you know, that is just, it's so important because I think a lot of times we don't realize there's so much that we're not in control of. And one of them as a, as a business or a, even as a content creator is, you know, who, who are the people that are, that are buying what you're selling? Who are the people, who are your customers? Who are your ideal listeners? Who are your ideal? And so you have this vision of who they are. Well, you know what? You might be wrong. Right. So you, you know, you, you better be open to being able to sell and speak and, um, you know, be all things to those people who are your customers, who are your listeners, who are your viewers. And so you have to be a lifelong learner. And that includes learning culture of, 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 of your customers, of what you're doing, because we're not in control of who's watching dealcasters right now. You know, and I'm sure there's there's a lot of people. I'm seeing Rosalinda here, and uh, she's she's got all kinds of emojis and all capitals here in the uh, in the <laughs> in the chat because uh, you know, and I know I know that that's uh, that means she loves it. But I think you know you have to be uh, you have to be a person that's open in and not just say you're open. Actually, take action and use that um, and create business for yourself. Um, but not only that, it's just, it's good as a human being. I mean, I can't, I mean, I, I am I wrong? I mean, it's just like, you know, I, we got a friend that says, if you want to be a better salesperson, first be a better person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, that's, and so how do you be a better person? You talk to people, you, you give to people, uh, you find out what their problems are, and then you work to solve them. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you, uh, you were able to, uh, to touch on that. Jim, what do you got, man? I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm hogging the mic here. Um, <laughs> no, this. I mean, this is this is just what Troy is just dropping. You know, uh, manhole covers of uh, wisdom. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> never it, heard it's, that one. That's a new yeah. one. Well, you know, people say dimes, but I'm going to manhole covers because it's All right. like, yeah. okay. it's uh, it, it's it's just amazing. I mean, Troy. I mean, I, like the the term strategy hacker, right? I, I think there's so many people that miss out. On the importance of strategy, right? And and just even the way you wrote the book, I mean, you really, you know, broke it down to where anybody should be able to understand it. I mean, what would you say are let, let's say what are the three key points that you think people need to really 
walk away from it, you know, if anything, you know, when they read this book, like what are three things that they should take action with? I think the first thing is that you know, the book, even down to the font, I've just, and I've, I've never shared it before, all the person shared it, mm-hmm. um, even down to the font that I chose for the book, I did so much testing to make sure that it was applicable for people with different verses to read it. And it was easy to read, easy on the eyes to read. And so I think the first takeaway to think about is strategy is power. And that when you have alignment and know how to strategize your business, you have the highest opportunity, the highest chance, the better odds to make your business become what it is. Because without vision, you can't manifest anything. You can be doing the work, but if you can't manifest how you're going to get to the finish line, you can't then do it to get to the finish line. Um, the second thing I would say within the book is really the three acronyms that I have that I've been saying for the last four years. And now it's like, it's all mine because it's in the book. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I didn't plan on being the mnemonic or acronym marker. That wasn't like my, my jam and that. That's why I didn't brand myself that way. But the reason why I did it that way was because it's easy to remember. I'm all about bringing the level down where it's equal and everyone can eat at the table. Whether you've been in a marketer for 10 years, or you didn't Google, watch one Gary Vee video, you're ready to go, right? I want to make it that level easy to understand. And so I think just that collective is called Clover, Dart, and Leads. Those three, one for marketing, one for operations and business, and one for sales uh, acquisition. Um, together as a unit, I think would be a strong takeaway because it's just a clever way for you to just know what are my steps to get to where I need to go. And obviously, you'll learn to what you do. I think the third thing, I would say is just how things have changed. Marketing has changed completely mm-hmm. on a flip. And, but what I've shared in the book is really at its core is going to still be the same minus, you know, different apps and things that we use because it's rooted in the reality of understanding your confidence and conviction, but also leaning into your community. And I think we're going to see a resurgence, if not an abundance of people hiring for community managers, double down on community, getting those conversations because that's where the real currency is. It's really in community because community makes crypto what it is. Community makes NFTs and blockchain what it is. Community makes Facebook what it's not and what TikTok what it is now. (laughs) Literally, community is the shaker and the decision maker to make things happen or not happen at their own decision. And so if you can cultivate a community and you're a favorite to be aligning with your purpose as a business, you're always going to stay in business. Because I always think, and I say this time and time again, has anyone thought of the nonprofits? People have to donate money for them to stay in operations during a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic. And guess what? A lot of them are because they had community. And community, mm-hmm. even though their money was tight, they still put money toward maintaining that purpose of that nonprofit function. So in the same way for a for-profit business, Community literally does the same thing. So I would say those will be my top three uh, takeaways for the book. Yeah. And, and I want to go back to this community piece because I think that is so important. I mean, we both, you know, know friends with Mark Schaefer, right? His book, Marketing Rebellion. He talks about that as well, about the importance of building a community because you have these businesses that are succeeding because they've built a community and basically everyone is their fan and like, oh, you got to try this, you got to try that. And those that aren't, Right, we've seen a lot of doors shutter, and I think that's happened because they thought it was all about them, 
as opposed to it's really about building those relationships, you know, just like we've built the relationship we have have with you, right? When we first met, right, it's it's more just about to get to know, like, and trust each other and friendship it was never like, oh, well, you know, uh, Troy, you know, uh, when you write that book, we're going to, we're going to put you on our show. It's never about that, right? It was like, had no idea. naturally happened, right? You, you know, you're going to write a book, right? So it, it, I think that that's what people have to understand is how important is community is, I think even, you know, as, as, as Tim Sohn would say, now more than ever, uh, <laughs> community is extremely important for businesses to build. And I, and I don't know if you've jumped on it yet, Troy, because usually you're first at everything, but I just jumped on this new app called Volley. And there's already communities getting built in there where people are, are volleying back and forth. And it's just, it's just fascinating all these tools being out there to help us build communities so that we can all uh, help each other out. So, Troy, we are uh, we would be remiss because uh, I know you're you're uh, you are uh, tech inclined, um, and you you have and we are on Amazon, and we do have some some products in the in the carousel. So, what are if if you know we could maybe look at some of these things and and talk about like. Um, Maybe some some tools of the trade that might help others um, kind of get to. Well, I'm not saying like you know buy this buy this mouse. You're going to become Troy Sandage and write a book. Um, that uh, there, there's more to there's more a little more disclaimer to than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Disclaimer. Um, but uh, what are what are some uh, what are some maybe products that uh, that you sort of lean uh, lean into that you are uh, you know your go to uh, things here that are available on Amazon. Um, I definitely think, you know, a scanner and document scanner. Because mm. you think about it for me personally. Um, I'm an organized person in the digital world, but outside the digital world, thank God I, I have people to help me. <laughs> um, and so when it comes when you know your strengths, you have to make sure you can be right then and there. If I get a document and someone signs a contract and I, I have to I'm I'm out, I'm out of state or whatever my case might be, if I have a scanner the length of this. Well, not not to scale, but <laughs> to scanner, and I can scan the document in and organize it or send it. You know, time is money, mm-hmm. and sometimes between maybe someone choosing me over someone else is because I was able to sign a document and send it to them ahead of somebody else, so I can win the deal, win the trade. Um, and also, just keep yourself organized for taxes and all the different things. That hey, right. Troy, I don't got to think about right now, but what if you had this moment and now you're looking for a scheme? Like just simple yeah. things. It seems like oh, that's like, I need this big, expensive thing. No, like, very minute, simple, functional things of the business for you to win the day. I don't yeah. want to lose out. And especially yeah. as a person of color and, you know, a Black business at that, we're judged by every single thing that we do. And so if I can mm. have something just the tool as simple as that to ensure I scan it, I'm in it, I'm out, move on, cool. They show that I'm, I'm, I'm punctual. I'm on it. I'm ready to go. That perception goes a long way to close some of these mm. big deals. I know that was like, whoa, you went really deep. I need to go buy me an important no. scanner. But I'm yeah. just saying, like, it's no. the simple <laughs> things to help your business grow in a way that maybe you might not have thought of. Because um, a lot of us, we go to the library or our printer probably got no ink in it. We got, it's just a whole situation. It don't even scan without ink. I don't understand. So get yourself a cheap little one and keep it moving. Let, uh, let, let, let's pause there for a second because you 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 talked about this and you said 
Um, this is this is an item that helps me. And you mentioned, you know, the preconceived notions about a person of color, and you said especially that. L- lean into that a little bit more to sure. to some of our listeners and some of our viewers. When you say that, I need to especially do this. Um, what what are you saying there? When you think of perception of a black business, I can say it because mm-hmm. I hear it all the time. So it's not projected. I'm just saying it coming from me. So that way, everyone's protected here. They may think the business is slow or the business mm. is lazy or they're always new. They're new. They're not established. They don't know how to do certain things a certain way. And you'll find a lot of black businesses actually don't personify that they're a black business. Not that they're not proud, but it's strategic to avoid some of that friction and some of that false realities and perceptions that's being thrown off implicit bias because they look to a website and now they're seeing a, a, a wider diversity group. I feel more inclined. Now, that's a reality I can't change. I tweeted this mm-hmm. uh, two days ago that one obstacle I can't change is privilege. But I'm still proud to be Black and I'm still going to make change happen. I'm still going to make an impact, right? And so as a business, and that's why I do frame that a little bit in my book as well, um, because I was speaking to people of any uh, marginalized community type that feel like they can't break that ceiling because they have certain obstacles that will never change. Now, some obstacles will change. You get funding, cool. You can go, but some obstacles just won't change. But I can Mm. still win despite the obstacles. I can still win. And so it's just understanding how do we make that work. So for me, if I know that's the perception, I can't change the perception. But I can prove them wrong by beating mm-hmm. that, going beyond that. If that means I show up, so what? I'm trying to get the deal because I have to get back my mind. That money is going to help me fund, bring more black businesses to light, help me take care of my family. So it's also when you're doing a business, you kind of got to have a balance where sometimes you take it personal, but other times you can't because your vision, your goal for why you started the business is bigger than you. So yeah. I'm not going to let somebody's perception stop me from doing my business. Come on. I love that. I love that. That's that. If that doesn't inspire you, then um, I mean, you must not be watching. Um, you must be on mute on Amazon. But now um, I'm never gonna look at this portable scanner the same way again. Exactly. <laughs> never again. I'm gonna hold I'm here like, buying twenty. Woo! I've got twenty in my cart right now. But uh, <laughs> no, another thing we do have in the carousel. Uh, if you're watching on Amazon, if you're listening on the audio podcast after we've gone live, uh, we'll definitely tag it in the show notes. Is I digress? Your your fantastic podcast, which is on the HubSpot uh, network. Troy, man, I can't. And I, t- I, I told you this. I don't know if it was LinkedIn or or, or how or uh, we did it. Man, I'm so proud of that. That uh, that you have like it, like any. Let's just be honest. Anybody can open up an anchor account and do a podcast, right? That's part of the problem. There's there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of noise out there, but it's it's really hard to do a good podcast and to achieve the success that you have already achieved with this with this podcast. And so, um, I just I wanted to shine a light on on that, but like. Talk to me um, and and to us and and to the uh, four gazillion people that are that are here on Amazon um, about the podcast as they um, as they download it here for free on Amazon Music. Um, talk to us about I digress and just you know maybe some of the the stories as you were um, you know maybe wor- you know, started working with HubSpot and sort of you know started launching this podcast that that have come out of this thing. 
I, I have to give credit because just how people are on Marvate, what y'all doing, because anyone can press record, they can't do what y'all do. Uh, but I digress was my journey. Honestly, if you listen to I digress, it's going to feel like you are with me on the journey to creating this book because literally you can almost align up the dates where that's where Clover happened. Okay. That's where that part happened. Okay. That's where you found this confidence in the book. So it's really kind of a journal, a log, if you will, of me progressing onward. But I said this from the top of the jump when I started that I didn't hear a lot of folk who talked about marketing, business, strategy, growth, all the things that I am, who can come and break it down like I'm at the barbershop. Like, they'll talk above me and I have to now go buy a book. Uh, <laughs> I have to buy encyclopedias. I have to watch a ton of videos to understand just this, the substance of what they said. And I don't mind learning it, but it was very intimidating. I'm a driven person, so I'm going to figure it out and learn. But a lot of folks, that stops them immediately if they can't understand it. I like to say it this way. And I use it the last, I think the last three or four episodes, I've mentioned this example and it's landed for people. You could be saying, I'm going to help you 10x your business. What you just said was in French. And I don't understand <laughs> French. So you can keep saying it over and over and over again. You can bring on other folk who also speak in French, saying over and over and over again, this is the top marketer, the top business expert. He just got done doing 300 speaking engagements, but they're all speaking in French. Guess what? I can't understand it. So it doesn't matter who they are if they're not speaking my language. I can't understand it. Now, sure, I can go try to teach myself the language, but now I got to learn the, the mnemonics of the language and then hear it, stop, pause, learn, read, try to match it up. By the time I'm done finished, I'm tired and I ain't getting nowhere. I ain't getting nowhere. How long has it taken you to learn a language? You know what I'm saying? So in the yeah. same way, I'm like, let me take this podcast thing and let me break marketing, growth strategy, community, sales, branding, social media, all the stuff down into a basic level where a basic person can understand it using mm -hmm. analogies and things that, oh, okay, that makes sense. Now, sure, they may yep. have to go deeper into certain things, and I do sometimes switch and go a little bit deeper, but my purpose is always to make it understandable where it's actual. And the last thing on that, I said from the jump, we're never going past 30 minutes. Now, granted, I did not know when I started podcasting, I would be doing the hardest possible podcast scenario, solo hosted, under 30 minutes, <laughs> it's a whole situation. It's very challenging. It's much easier when you have guests and go for an hour. It's much harder. We got to cut down gyms down to under that, literally under that 30 minute mark. But the intentions were, if you can't spend 30 minutes of your time listening to something that's going to give you actual takeaways to help your business, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. I want to eliminate as much friction as I can from it. They know I'm going to speak simple in your language. I'm going to do what I'm doing right now. I'm going to have my voice high and have it low and we're going to get some sentimental. We're going to have some fun. We're going to play some some music to give you hyped up. Maybe some music to get your attention. Some hard, tough moments. But by the end, we're going to come back better people. It's going to be all, every episode going for like a graduation day type of thing. And that's my intention. That's the goal. And it's very hard to do a podcast. I want you to know. Um, kudos to my wife. who has been so patient with <laughs> what I need to do. But Go listen to it. I think it's good. I think it is. I'm starting to let go of the imposter syndrome and saying, I'm doing a decent job. I need people like Chris to tell me it's good because you are. Sometimes I don't know, but I, I say this and I'm done with my high horse. I'm done. <laughs> For me to go from one episode, I went the first five months I've had, I had a total 
of 32 listeners. The first five months. I started September 28th, 2020. Yeah, I know. Pandemic podcaster, baby. I know. I, <laughs> I needed something to do. And so then I just started committing to it. Now, the number says after seven episodes, if you could pass seven episodes, you're already in the top like 35, 25%, right? Yeah. And yep. so you just keep going, just keep going. I got to 30 and I'm in the top 15 percentile. Now, granted, my downloads were getting better, but I wasn't, I didn't care about the downloads. I knew yep. that if I create the podcast, it's going to help me boost my SEO. It's going to force me to have conversations of my best stuff that I can use in my sales cycles, my marketing funnels. Now I can regurgitate content and reference key points at my best self from that podcast. And it's forcing me to be consistent in the content creation. We all struggle with consistent content creation. Can I be real? So that was my goal. Now, what happened was I positioned the podcast in a certain way that regardless of how many downloads I got, regardless of who knew who I was, well, look at me. I got accepted to be a part of the Hustle Podcast Network. Now I'm not, now I'm not nobody. Compared to everybody else on that, on that network, at the time, I, I was completely nobody. But I positioned myself as, I have something you don't have on your podcast network. And I can deliver on that. So they didn't care about downloads. They knew that I could bring something that they didn't have to better their audience in a diversified way and a benefit to the Hustle Podcast Network, Alana and our team as well. That's where I leaned on. And so if you're a person who's doing a live stream podcast, you're a creator, you're like, I'm not going to get the sponsor. Just be consistent, be passionate enough and position yourself. The people will find you. The people will reach out to you and then you'll get opportunities. The FedEx opportunity that I able to, to spread the news about uh, the grants came from my podcast. I'm a nobody, oh. but they heard the podcast and came out and reached out to me. And there's a few other things that came to my way from the podcast that, no, I didn't make money directly from ad sponsorships. Kind of the same way people do for YouTube. They're trying to get AdSense. No, look beyond that. Just make good content consistently on your positioning that speaks to a specific audience. People need to talk to their audience. They're going to talk to you because they know you have the direct line to that audience. I'll grade it now from September 28, 2020 to February 28, 2022. I hit over 200,000 downloads. I'm now at episode 48. I need to crank out an episode for tomorrow. But that window of two years was a lot of nothing until it became something. So me, I don't see it because I'm in it. I'm building it. Just like you are, you're building it. But those on the outside, whoa, Short just showed up. Where does podcast come on? It's been there the whole time, y'all. It's been there the whole time. But I just got to keep going. So when you're a creator, you're a business, there's going to be a lot of times where you're in the blind spot. Nobody sees you. And I like that sometimes because you can really scale. It's called flanking, that flank marketing style. And then after (laughs) people get the spotlight on you, Oh man, now we now I feel like, now I feel pressure because people like Chris and Jim, that people, your podcast is pretty good. Now I feel a little pressure because now I got to deliver each time because the, the bar said before, if I messed up, that, no one knows about it. That's well, good. That's, though, that's, the, uh, that's the rising well, tide. That, well, that list, I, but I'm going to say, ships, yeah, but I'm going to say, Troy, one thing that you said earlier that I'm going to have to vehemently disagree with you is you are somebody. I mean, you are you are an amazing. Young man, you're still young. Uh, I, I think you, 30. yeah. So you, you, I think there's a, a meeting he could actually go to. He went to San Diego that Chris and I aren't allowed in because we're too old. <laughs> but you know, you're doing great Speak things for yourself, Jim. And yep. uh, and, and I think you know, but in fact, I say if anything, it's a little bit of right. We get in that imposter syndrome, like oh, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I mean, you know, sometimes I, I you know, I almost had to pinch myself. It's like I can't believe that me and Chris are here live on Amazon. I would have never 
have imagined it, but it goes back to what you said, doing the work, believing in yourself. Don't listen to what other people have to say, right? You, you got to look at that person in the mirror and say, this is something I want to do. And uh, yeah, same thing, right? Things are happening that we, I don't think Chris and I ever envisioned in July of 2020, just because we've kept at it and we believe in each other and have had the support of our spouses to let us do this. And, uh, you know, you sounds like you have the same, same at home as well. Well, I, you know what I, you know what I really liked about what you said, uh, Troy, is that well, first and foremost, you know, talent aside, because you are you you are a talented spokesman, all right, speaker, and so like getting in front of a mic and talking clearly is not an issue for you, um, and and speaking eloquently and delivering like valuable information. So like the content of a podcast for you is not an issue. A lot of people they you know. They have beautiful sets and and microphones, and you know they've got the best uh, hosting service, and they even have sponsorship deals because they've they've come from another you know spot, and and their content is like, what are you saying, right? So I think to credit you, you're putting out content that's valuable. But what I really loved about what you said is, and it kind of goes back to what you're saying earlier, like you're speaking, you know exactly who you're speaking to. And you know, you know, like you probably can envision who these your your fans, your super fans, your the the people that that you're speaking to. You can envision them, and so you know what their problems are. And when you're talking on your podcast, you your content is solving their problems, and you just so it's like those are that that's how content, that's how a podcast, that's how that works. And I think a lot of people. You said it before a number of times. It's like stop talking about yourself, right? Like nobody, nobody knows who I am. You know, most people don't know who I am. I mean, I, there's a handful of people that know who I am. Why am I going to talk about myself? I'm going to talk about you know the reason why we do this show is because we want to help people launch their show. That's why we do it. That and that's a hundred percent it. And so when we're on on the show and somebody says, "Hey, what do I how do I what are the headphones I need? What's the hosting service? I, you know, all of those things." We're going to answer their questions. We get to the end of the show, people are starting their podcast. I don't care how much money we make, what stages we're speaking on, that's why we do it. And if we stay grounded in that, the other stuff just it it's a it's a byproduct of why we're doing it and cuz it's fun too. We get to hang out with Troy Sandage. I mean, how cool is that for an hour? Right? It's fun. I mean, y'all. There wasn't a question there, but I just I just wanted to underline <laughs> what you were saying, man. You know, to, to bring on home, I stared at the end, toward the end of like the very last chapter of the book. I don't know if y'all remember the polar, uh, the polar vortex of 2019. Mm-hmm. You know, the wife and I was coming back sober on my birthday at the time, flying back into to O'Hare, Chicago. And on my way back, I looked at her and I kid you not, I remember it so vividly. I said, I'm going to start speaking on stages. Never done it before in my life. Now, I've spoken, but nothing like on that scale. She said, why do you want to do that? I need to get used to being uncomfortable. And I know that if I master getting better at articulating my thoughts with no hesitation to people, they'll see the conviction, they'll see the confidence, they'll take them more seriously, and that'll help me with sales and help me scale my business. And she's like, you looked at me with so sincerity. Like I was like, yes. And so... I had started doing that. I made a speaker profile and I made a lot of mistakes. I spoke at my chamber of commerce, all these different things. So the elegance that you hear of seeing me now 
was not talent. Maybe I'd say that back. I did have some talent, but I think it was regurgitated, challenged, refined talent through constant practice and execution. And so I put myself and made a, a deal with myself to speak at 300 events, virtual in person in one year. And I did, I think I got to like 325 or something like wow. that, some crazy number. And I said, once I got to that point, I had enough reps to feel comfortable to push that imposter syndrome aside because I've done enough reps to say that I could speak. I know what happens when my slides mess up. I know what to say or what to think or how to process when I go blank. I know when things get weird, I can stay rooted and grounded. And so I heard when you said that, I'm like, that's also in the book too. Um, and all of the stuff that you can learn and if you put enough effort into it and have a foundation and a strategy to apply it, you can get it, but you have to take action if you want to get better at anything. And you won't see the progress of where you've gotten until much later because you're mm-hmm. always going to be in your mind way ahead of where other people are seeing you. But you also, and I'm, I'm a work in progress, accept the compliments, accept the thank yous, accept the acknowledgement and know that you're worthy of that. And so thank you, Chris, for correcting me for me to try to take on that more. <laughs> All right, look, folks, if you have not yet picked up Strategize Up, this gentleman has wrote, written, wrote, see, I need to read more so I can speak better. Um, it has written a fantastic book and uh, y'all need to pick it up. And, you know, the other the other quick little sales uh, thing that I'll say is that um, it's not one of those, it's, it, I can pick this up and open to a spot. Troy, that's the other thing I noticed, you know, because I've, I've told you I haven't finished it completely, but I have gone through and picked out spots and have gotten something out of just reading a few pages. And I think some of the best books are like that. Like I can, I jumped in and I read the, read what you talked about on TikTok uh, for business. And then, you know, I jumped into another spot and like, so that's another thing too, is like, you know, if you're not necessarily someone who just, you know, reads, you know, three books a that's week me. or something I'm, like that. <laughs> right. You know, I love books that you can just, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up something out of reading this for just, even if I have just a moment, uh, I'm going to be able to, to do that. So man, I, fantastic book, everyone here that is watching it. And if you're listening on the podcast, we're going to have that link uh, for you in the show notes, Strategize Up by Troy Sandage, The Simplified Blueprint to scaling your business. And I, one last compliment, Troy. I love the Detroit Lions colors. <laughs> no! <laughs> I gotta change everything. <laughs> That'll be the next edition. <laughs> That's a good oh one. That's gosh. a good one. <laughs> yeah, Troy, Troy, it's been awesome. So glad that we were able to get you to join us. And uh, when your next book comes out, welcome to come back and and even before then and uh i can't remember what the date is but for those of you that don't know what twitter spaces is come hang out with us we'll be talking nfl draft and uh that was a lot of fun uh, megan uh i want to say joe dexter uh fred hopefully we'll all be back to to join us and and who knows maybe we can get uh russell wilson of the denver broncos to oh chime my in. goodness <laughs> Believe. Oh, Roger's still in our division, Chris. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know. I know. Don't remind me. Don't remind me. Another four years of uh Aaron Rodgers. Another four years of Hail Marys uh and and all of that good stuff. So 
Um, so thanks again, Troy. We appreciate uh, you spending so much time with us uh, as, as always. It's been amazing. So uh, for those of you uh, who uh, joined us uh, on, on Amazon and all the other tubes, uh, we appreciate it. And uh, as always, pick up, strategize up, and uh, don't fear the goose. Thanks for listening to Dealcasters. Congratulations. You've taken another step forward in your content creation journey. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button here in your favorite podcast player so you can be reminded every time we drop an episode. We love hearing from our listeners and viewers. And if you're wanting to watch our shows live on Amazon, feel free to follow Dealcasters Live as well at dealcasters.live. Follow us on Twitter or subscribe to our YouTube channel where we also included added content that you cannot find anywhere else. If you have questions about this episode or have something you want us to review, you can also email us at dealcasters at dealcasters.live. Thanks again for listening. And you know the deal. Don't fear the gear.